Open your Bibles, if you will, to Genesis, the third chapter. I'm going to talk about this phrase, who told you that? Who told you that? Who, who told you? Who told you that? That's a good question. Who told you that? You know, have parents ever asked kids that? Who, who told you that? No? You ever wonder why people are thinking the way they think and doing the things they're doing? Who told you that? Ever had a boss ask you, who told you that? Why are you doing that? Well, who told you that? You know, that's an early on question in the Bible. Who, who told you that? Where did you come up with what you're thinking, what you're doing, the way you're going in life? And so Genesis, the third chapter in the, the book of beginnings, this is not new, it's old, right? Old Testament. Some people get that. Everybody's awake this morning? Uh, Genesis, the third chapter. Who told you that? Adam and Eve had been given commandments of the Lord and told them, you can do this, you can do this, you can do that. Meaning they were told a bunch they could do. And they were only told one thing, don't do. And guess what they did? The one thing. And now they're in trouble, and they have sinned. They've hidden themselves from God, and God shows up. And he said in verse 11, because they were there, and he is searching, and he finally finds them hiding, and they said, we hid ourselves because we were naked. And verse 11, he said this. He said, who told you that? How did you come up? with what you're coming up with, because that never separated you before. How do you know now you are that when you didn't know that before? Who told you? Notice this. Who told you you were naked? And then God said this. Now, it's not that God didn't know. He knew. But he said, Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? And so the man spoke up as the wise one and said in verse 12, the woman, the woman, the woman. Verse 13, and the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? And then the woman said, the serpent. Yes. All, who told you? Oh, the, uh, but here's an interesting side to this, though they're, switching blame for what they've done there's a huge truth here because what we find here is a new voice arose in humanity that did not exist before somebody said well the devil's voice was there yeah the devil's voice was there but that's not who told them they were naked after they sinned they got separated from god they tasted spiritual death they became sin conscious they became self-conscious in a way that they never were before, and this produced a voice in them that made them want to run from God. And so they took off from God, and they hid themselves, but it's interesting, the same voice that was in them driving them from God did not drive God from them. He still wanted to fellowship with them. But this was the beginning of trouble for humanity. Now, we recognize that there was an enemy, an outward voice that came against them in the garden and was trying to move them to do something and believe something and act according that would affect and 
in a detrimental way their existence. And not just their existence, the way God wanted things to be. And I'll tell you what, if we live in the way God wants things to be, our existence is way better and way more fulfilling than doing things our own way and trying to plug God in. Thank you. And so they hear this voice, and this voice is now telling them stuff and making them conscious of different things. So turn with me to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and... um, In this, we're going to see the result of that voice and that action that told them, started telling them, or making them conscious of things. And so here in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, though Paul is used by God to write this book, he's talking to the people, but he talks to them about these people who are separated from God, who are lost. So we're going to begin reading in the 17th verse. It says this, This I say and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Now when he's talking here, here's basically what he's saying, is the world is fallen. It fell back in the beginning. And now something has happened in your life And they still hear that voice from the beginning that said, you don't measure up, there's something wrong with you, it's about me, it's the selfish voice. And he said, don't walk like the rest of the Gentiles walk, non-believers, in the futility or the emptiness of their mind. Verse 18, notice this phrase, having their understanding darkened. You know, when things are dark, people stumble. But notice this darkness is internal in them. It says, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the blindness of their heart. And then it says how they give themselves over to wrong things. It's interesting that this occurrence started back where this new voice came. And he's basically saying, we don't walk like that. We don't live like that. And you'll notice here these statements about darkness, blindness, alienation from the life of God. Meaning, this means that there is a world around us that are alienated or separated from the very life and power of God. Because if you notice, right there, he uses those phrases. He said, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the blindness of their heart. These people are separated. There's a whole world. You go to the store and you are surrounded by people who are alienated from the life of God. Ignorant of the life of God. Why? Because of something somebody did a long time ago, whether they agree with it or not, they're alienated. And that's why you get atheists that say, well, prove to me there's a God. Prove to me there's somebody out there. Prove to me. Okay, I believe maybe, you know, they're agnostic. I believe there's something, but show me. How can you prove to me? 
Well, it's real easy for me to say, I experience him. Experience Trump's arguments all day long. Totally. People may argue with you, but I know him. I'm not alienated from him. I mean, we're singing songs right now, and you can sense him who we're singing to. Then we read his word, and his word comes back at us, and it does something in us, and we're not alienated from the life of God, though we live in a world of alienation. And then those people who are ignorant, because that's what he said, because of the ignorance in them, they'll argue against the Bible, which is the doorway back in for them. And they don't realize they're closing the door on the thing that will help. You with me? Having their understanding darkened, being alienated, separated from the life of God. Could you imagine living in the world being created by God? Because God is the creator. You with me? You cannot think we just came into being. You, no way. Because you would just be thinking like, well, computers just come into being, you know, and just stuff starts happening, you know, and, you know, there's people who are ignorant like that. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen that commercial about the guy and he said, he called, I think it's like from Europe or something, he called the police, you know, and he said, you know, he was explaining what was happening and how that he had told his girlfriend or his wife about this and she didn't agree, and he said, and she just disappeared. And he said, I'm afraid the thing that was doing this has done this to her. And so the police said, well, what do you mean? He said, this is the craziest thing in all the world. He said, you can leave like old pizza boxes and dirty clothes on the ground and everything and just leave and come back, and it's all clean. And one was a lady policeman, and one was a man. And the lady's like, are you serious? And he's like, I'm not joking. He said, it's, he said, it's more than that. You can just leave stacks of dishes. He said, I've done it on purpose. Just left them in the sink. And you come back later and they're just like totally gone. He said, I've never wanted to tell her. And I finally did because I was afraid I might jinx this thing. And the lady policeman's like, are, are you serious? He said, no, I'm totally serious. It happens just like a... He said, I've left extra stuff out just to see if it would keep working. And it does. It just... It's totally clean. And the lady's like, cop is thinking, what? Are you, are you serious? And the other policeman said, no, I believe him. He said, I've had that same thing occur at my house too. Um, because of the ignorance that's in them. Well, obviously the moral of the story is she bolted. There are little ignorance there. And there's a lot of ignorance in the world, and they're thinking stuff just came into being. Why don't computers just come into being? And why don't things just happen on their own? Because there's an origin, there's a design, and it's God. And people need to recognize that there's a world that way 
that's devoid, and we then now live in an atmosphere that is devoid of truth or that has evil spirits that would like to pump information in and influence you. Here's something that happens to every single person when they get saved. That ignorance that's in them, that alienation that was in them, disappears because they received the knowledge of the truth. All of a sudden, they come back into union with God. They find fulfillment. It's not the end of fulfillment. It's a progression of being fulfilled by following God and doing His will and doing His ways the rest of your life. And so you have somebody here who's talking about the rest of the world, but he's saying you guys have this new life and you need to be careful. And he goes on to talk about putting on this new life you got in Christ by beginning to be disciplined in your thoughts. Because just like in the beginning, who said that to you? Who told you that? We still have to ask ourselves, Though the solution has come to humanity and we have received it if we've received Christ, we don't have a voice inside of us that's wanting to run from God. We have a new nature, and the Bible said His Spirit's in us, and we cry out, Abba, Father, by the influence of that life and Spirit in us. We want to walk deeper with God. But here's something that has not changed. You with me? Here is something that has not changed. The enemy that drew them away originally, he's still here. He's still here. He, I said, he's still here. And we need to recognize, though we can experience new life as believers and not be alienated, and even though the world may argue with us, we have their answer. Totally. And they can't say, well, you, you just, you're dumb. You don't know what you're doing. You're stupid to serve a God you can't see. I may not have seen him, but I experience him. My experience trumps your lack of experience. And if you experience like I did, you would be on board too. And so people might argue knowledge and information, but sorry, I know him, and I know his word to be true. And we need to recognize that the one who attacked Adam and Eve and threw thoughts is still the one who throws thoughts today. And what we need to realize is this, concerning who are we listening to, what are we hearing, we're not hearing bad stuff from within as a believer. It starts coming from the outside. It's the world's nature to go wrong. That's why Peter, one of the writers in the New Testament, said this, once you give your life to the Lord, the world will think you're strange, that you just don't keep doing the same things you used to do. Well, why? Because I'm experiencing the life of God. I have a nature change. I'm no longer alienated. And now I need to watch what I think, and I need to recognize the world is not watching what they think. Now, you may go see some stuff where they have people who are self-help people and say, think positive, and I would rather think positive than negative, but that's not what we're talking about from a Bible standpoint. Because we're talking about 
thinking in line with God, thinking in line with what he said, and going down that right track. Here is something I think every believer needs to know. It is scriptural. Bible to be attacked by the enemy. It's scriptural. Got real quiet in here. It is scriptural to be attacked by the enemy. I don't like to hear that. It don't matter if you like to hear it or not. You will be attacked at some point. It's not unscriptural to be attacked. It's actually scriptural to be attacked. Jesus said when you start hearing the truth of the word of God, immediately the enemy will come to try to steal the truth from you. He did that to Jesus. He got commissioned to serve and to now start his ministry and the enemy came. Boom. Tried to steal from him. Threw thoughts at him. It's not unscriptural to be attacked. It's actually scriptural. That through life, there will come times where you will be attacked. Here is what is unscriptural or outside of what God wants. You to be defeated by those attacks. Let me say that again. It is unscriptural or not what God wants for you to be defeated when you are attacked. I finally talked people into realizing that it's scriptural to be attacked, and I think some people think that that means then I can be, I'll just be defeated. No, defeat is not what God wants for you. And God has told us what to do and how to do things, and we as believers need to recognize that being attacked by the enemy does not mean you're nuts. Something's wrong with me. That could be an attack. Something's wrong. Why am I having bad thoughts? I thought I was a Christian. Eve didn't say that. Did she? I, I, what's wrong with me? Why, why is this stuff coming at me? The Bible said don't think it's strange when you come into a time of fiery trial. What am I doing wrong? Nothing. Maybe nothing at all. It's not unscriptural to be attacked. It's scriptural to win, though. Let's look at something here, because I think sometimes, Matthew 16, when we hear things like this, we think, okay, now we got to do warfare. You know, we're being attacked by the devil. we got to come against the devil. And every the devil. No, you've been dealing with the devil your whole life. The world has been dealing with the devil their whole life. They're just uh, going his way. And if we can recognize how he works and how God works and, you know, who told us what we're being told, we can choose what to think on. In other words, you cannot choose every thought that comes to your head. And every believer will have thoughts that their own heart would condemn them and they would be ashamed to tell somebody else. Every believer. I don't care how spiritual you are. Paul the Apostle, Peter, all the disciples had thoughts. Jesus himself had thoughts. Jesus had a thought as God in the flesh, the Son of God, 
a thought came to him one day and said, the devil spoke to him and said, bow down and worship me. He had a thought that said, worship the devil. And then he preached on that, you know, bunches of times. You know, the devil said to me, bow down and worship him. And the devil said to me, he didn't talk like that. Because why? He knew the source, and he didn't go brag on it. Let me tell you, I was, I was tempted to rob something. I was tempted to doubt. They come to everybody. But it's not what comes at you, it's what you do with what comes that matters. Because a lot of people just cave in as soon as thoughts start coming, and they're not thinking that, who told me this? Where did this come from? They just go like, oh, I can't believe I'm thinking this. Oh, 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 oh. And then they just fold up. And uh, there's people all the time that are having bad thoughts that come from the enemy at Costco today. When you go for free samples, there will be people that will have thoughts that are promoted by the enemy uh, that will tell them, that person took cuts in front of you. They're going to steal the bigger cut of the hot dog you're supposed to get. <laughs> Arr, I'm mad. Some people are like, don't, don't talk about that. I'm going to get the hot dog. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. There are thoughts that come, and some of them, they are no doubt from the enemy, and people don't even recognize them as the enemy. And so, but sometimes you tell people this, and then they think, oh my. Ugh. Listen, you've been dealing with thoughts from the enemy. When we get to heaven, we're going to notice but he gave us his book so we can know today. We don't have to be afraid when we have a bad thought. Just let that sink in. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be bothered. What all those bad thoughts are doing when they come is just trying to get you to take it and start entertaining it yourself. The enemy wants you to worry. So Jesus said, don't take a thought and say it. Somebody said, well, it's not that easy. Well, sometimes it's easier than others, but you can do it. Matthew 16, you with me? Who told you that? Matthew 16, 13. Familiar verse maybe for some. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? In other words, all these people that you guys are around them, what, what's the word you're hearing on the street about me? Well, verse 14. So they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist had, had gotten his head cut off. And uh, some say you're Elijah. Now, he's a prophet that's long been gone. And, and others, Jeremiah. And It's interesting they're giving religious answers but their answers are wrong. Or one of the prophets. Verse 15, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? 
Listen, not everybody is going to have the same thoughts you have. Even when you're serving God. And you need to recognize, where do I find what I am to entertain in life? You're going to find it in the book. You're going to find the correct answer. When you think on the wrong thing, it robs you of peace. It robs you of purpose. It robs you of you know, the aim of life. When you find the right thing in the truth, it'll always be stamped with peace. You with me? Notice this. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Think about this. Jeremiah, Elijah, one of the other prophets, the Christ. Jeremiah, one of the other prophets, Elijah. This is what they've heard. They were able to even hear the bad and not be moved. You know, you can hear the bad and not be moved if you'll trust the Word. And recognize we live in a world that will say, you know, oh, you go to that church, you know, and this or that, or you're in the kingdom of God, or you, you serve the Lord, you do these things. We can hear it and don't have to be moved. They heard it and didn't fall apart. Matter of fact, they said, oh, others are saying this. And look what Jesus said in verse 17 to Peter. Now remember, who's this? Peter, Simon, Peter. He answered, Jesus answered him and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. He said, the truth you got, you got from God. We do know it's a scriptural truth. We do know that there were all kinds of prophecies describing where Christ would come, where He'd be born, where He would serve, and these different things. And He said, you got this knowledge from God. And He said, you're blessed. He didn't say the other guys are blessed. He said, you're blessed. Who and what where did you get what you're thinking about? So Peter, we can see here, is awesome. Pretty much. He's got it all together. You would never think, I mean, Peter, Jesus said right after, he said, Peter, this truth, I'm going to build the whole, the whole kingdom of God is going to be built on the fact that I'm the Christ, the Savior of the world. The gates of hell won't even prevail against this. I mean, I don't know. This is like a game-winning shot right here. Everybody's high-fiving Peter. Woo! Peter's the man. So, Peter's pretty much got it all together. And then verse 21. From that time, once they knew these things, from that time... Jesus began to show his disciples. Let me, let me make this one statement. Why did Jesus tell Peter it came from the Father? wonder if Peter knew. He knew it was truth, 
But the Lord wanted him to know where he got the truth from. But notice verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes, and be killed and raised on the third day. So he's starting to get this information to him about how he's going to suffer and die. Here's an interesting thing. Then Peter took him aside. Jesus is preaching to the guy who just brought out this revelation of who Jesus is. And literally, Jesus said, on this truth, the whole kingdom of God is going to be built. And now, knowing that he's going to be transitioning, he's going to die, um, i got to get this truth over to them. This is how I'm going to go. This is how I'm going to suffer. So he starts doing this to this guy who just got truth from God. Peter takes him aside and said, hey, dude. Jesus, wait a minute. Then Peter took him aside, verse 22, and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, that this shall, this shall not happen to you. In other words, um, I'm not going to let you die. You know what's interesting? He didn't give this thought up easily. He said, I'll take a sword. I'll get tools. I'll take a hammer. I don't know. Whatever it takes. I won't let you die. Remember, he cut that guy's ear off. Remember that? That happened after this. And the Lord, he said, far be it from you. In other words, I'm not going to let this occur. And Jesus, verse 23, said, but he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful. Where'd you get these thoughts, Peter? Of the things of God. I've been just teaching you that this must happen, and you're turning your thoughts a different way like that. And you're trying to guide me a different way. And it's causing you, by adopting this wrong thoughts, to drive your own life a wrong way. He could have said, and been nice about it, and said, who told you this? Instead, he's like, devil? And But notice the phrase, you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. You're adopting the wrong kind of thinking. I'm telling you, the kingdom's He gets this revelation, the kingdom's coming. Woohoo! Then all of a sudden he's thinking totally natural. I'm not going to let you do this. And he just got done telling this is necessary. And he's thinking, he just got done being taught. Didn't he? And now he's entertaining something else. And Jesus congratulated him. What I like about you, Peter, is you're a free thinker. You're open to new horizons, different ways of thought, man. This is awesome. It's one thing about me. I'm looking for new ways of thought, and you just gave me one. Thank you. 
Maybe I'll explore this. I'm going to give some thought to this. You know, a lot of these Christians are narrow-minded, but you, Peter, you are not narrow-minded. No, narrow-minded Jesus said, uh, that came from the devil. You understand what I mean by narrow-minded. You know that the source that filters all things is, is the truth of the Word of God. When people say, well, you should explore other things, no, I have a filter. Now, I can look and assess truth, look at scriptures to make sure they're in line, that I'm hearing truth and not being led astray. But the fact of the matter is, I know what the Word of God is. It has brought me into fellowship with God. It has changed my life. Therefore, um, everything is going to get filtered through the truth of the Word of God. And Peter is going, no. And there are scriptures in the Bible that say, his hands and feet would be pierced that he would be whipped, he would be despised, he would suffer and die, and all these things. And Peter's like, no, no, no. So Peter obviously was in great fellowship with the Lord that day and in agreement with him. Isn't it amazing that he just got a revelation and now he's struggling with something else? I thought if you were a Christian, it just would be perfect. No, remember I said this, the same one that attempted to turn Adam and Eve is still here. Though our spirits are not in the same condition. And we're back in fellowship with God, and we have light. We're not alienated from the life of God. We still have to be disciplined over our minds. Don't freak out if you have bad thoughts. It's not bad thoughts that come. One day, I was turned on a TV. I was waiting for some people. We were going somewhere. And uh, they said, well, you could just sit here and watch TV. And I thought, I don't know if I want to watch TV. So, But I turned it on, and an old war movie came on. You know, the World War II kind of ones. You know, the, I think those are cool. The ones they make color, but it looks green. <laughs> you know, it's not black and white. It's basically green and black and gray. You know what I mean? And uh, when that thing started going, you know, and then the war erupted, and I only watched it for a few minutes, the Lord spoke into me, and he said this to me, and it, it helped. He said, it's not the battles of life that determine how people end up. It's what they do in the battle that determines how they come out and how they come back from it. So it's not the thoughts that come to you that determine where you're going to end up. Like one man said, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. In other words, you swing your arms, do something. Don't think on those things. Well, it keeps persisting. Well, be more persistent. They have an agenda. God has an agenda. Let's close with this scripture right here in 2 Timothy 3. Who told you that? We can feed ourselves, but this does not exempt us from having bad thoughts. I mean, you could have had a bad thought on the way to church this morning. Here's what I do know when you have a bad thought. Don't fixate on it. 
learn to get your attention away from it and back on the truth and on the promises. It will bring comfort to you. And don't freak out that you had a bad thought. And don't sit there 40 minutes from now going, looking back, I had a bad thought this morning on the way, the way to church. And we're sitting here worshiping God, and people are like, "Woo, glory to God, hallelujah. We're hearing the word of God, and you're like, I had a bad thought on the way to church. Well, good for you. I might have had two, but I'm not going to brag about it. Okay, I had three. But you can have them, you know what I mean? And you may not like them. And they may stink to have. But don't focus on them. Learn to get your attention away. Why? Because thoughts are seeds that produce a pattern in life that bring you somewhere. Jesus taught that. The Bible teaches that. Notice 2 Timothy, and we're going to close here in the third chapter. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is God-inspired. Are all thoughts that come to your mind inspired by God? That should be real easy right about now. No, they're not all inspired. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Not all thoughts that come to your mind are inspired by God. They might be inspired, but they might be inspired by the wrong inspirer, if that's a word. They're mean to you. Be mean back to them. All right, I will. Don't join forces with that. Everybody said, ow, I mean, amen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Not all thoughts are. All Scripture is, not all thoughts are. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Not all thoughts are. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Not all thoughts are. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Not all thoughts are given by inspiration of God and not all of them are profitable. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Not all thoughts that come to you are by inspiration of God. Therefore, they are not always profitable for right thinking or doctrine. We'll get through this verse. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, not all thoughts are. But the Scriptures are profitable for doctrine, for reproof, or giving you a new action or direction, and for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, put together, mature, developing, Thoroughly equipped for every good work. Think of it the other way. All Scripture is given, but not all thoughts are. Not all thoughts are given by inspiration of God. Therefore, they're not all profitable for doctrine. They're not all profitable for reproof or saying no. And they're not all profitable to make you go in the right direction. And therefore, then, the man of God would not be complete by those thoughts, would not be equipped, and would not be ready for everything that's good in life. 
But you can't stop those thoughts. But I've got a choice on what I'm going to dwell on. I've got a choice, and not only do I have a choice, I cannot just leave everything up to my mind. Why? Because I need some way to know what's good that's coming and what's bad that's there. But he gave me a book of inspiration. So then I can filter and choose what I'm going to ponder. No wonder there's so much emphasis on the way we think. Here's what you need to know. Protect or protecting what you ponder protects your whole life. I didn't say stop thoughts from coming because you can't stop them. Now I can stop entertaining certain things or going to certain movies or certain kinds of music and then I'm not injecting that. But there's just stuff in the world. I mean, Adam and Eve weren't at the movie theater listening to bad music when that stuff happened. It came and they were doing, they were right where God wanted them to be. They might have been focusing on the wrong thing. They knew they weren't supposed to be there. They shouldn't have been standing around. It's probably why the Bible tells us in the book of wisdom, don't go by the way of this person's house. Some places you just don't go. And everybody said, Amen. So, who told you that? Where are you getting these things that you're thinking on? And if they're not good and not productive, we got a book full of inspiration to help. And if you're in a little bit of a fight or you've been trained to be negative or trained to be a certain way, you can give those things up if you'll be disciplined and have a total revolutionized life in Christ.